Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Instant Classic Podcast. My name is Jay Sug. With me, as always, my brother, Emery Ogletree II. What's going on, Trey? It's good, brother. We're trying to stay dry out here in Cali as Hillary makes her way through the uh, southern state. Yeah, well, it's hot as hell here in Ohio. Like, I think it's going to be like 90 degrees or something. Like, rest of this week, we're in the 90s. So, you know, we thank you. Thank you for sending your heat our way. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's jump in, man. James Harden is is back in the news. Um, He had that press conference. I won't even call it a press conference. It was a a soundbite. Yeah, yeah, impromptu soundbite. That was used to perfection where he called James uh not James um Daryl Morey a liar um and then for those who didn't hear him the first time he repeated it again um and what I thought was a master class was what group hates Morey more than any other and that is the Chinese group and that's exactly where James Harden was where he gave this statement it was a master class of knowing your audience delivering a message that would give you support while you are there and then he like started posing which i thought was just like oh my god like <laughs> he went in photo shoot mode right after he left the statement but um what was your thoughts on the statement and the fallout i mean my initial thought on the statement was here we go again yeah and I just found it very ironic and somewhat predictable with James Harden that he would do this because he's basically not getting his bag. He's not getting that extension that he wanted so badly. Mm -hmm. Now we got to keep in context though. This is a very personal relationship between Daryl Morey and James Harden. Remember Daryl Morey is the one who made the move that brought James Harden to Houston, which led to him obviously becoming a league MVP three time league scoring champion. So in some ways, I mean, obviously you would think Harden owes some type of gratitude to Maury for giving him that position. But let's go back to Houston, though. And if you know, just do your homework and do some research, you realize that, I mean, it's safe to say that coddled is almost like an understatement word of what James Harden was in Houston. Yeah. I mean, spa treatment, <laughs> vacation days, whatever. I mean, this brother had it made in Houston, especially when White Glove Service. Exactly. I mean, like the the story uh that really tripped me out the most because there's so many, but I truly believe this one was, and of course, with who the coach was, Mike D'Antoni. You know how I feel about him. Mm-hmm. But like when my man Russ was in Houston, I wasn't you no know, very excited about that move. You know, I wasn't. Yeah. I was just like give him something a little a little better than we had in OKC. But the story about how they were in film session, Harden had it made yet, and Russ, well, reports say allegedly, Russ looked at D'Antoni saying, "Yo, let's start the film session." And D'Antoni in the back, well, we can't start till James gets here. And it's like what? We can't start till this dude gets here, and he's not even on time. And yeah. then when I heard an uh, earlier episode of uh, last week's first take, like Stephen A. said. Allegedly, you know, they cut out all the bad plays of Harden. So it's like this dude could never do no wrong. So I mean, all that type of coddling again, being being a former you know professional basketball player playing hoop all those years, I've seen all kinds of treatment to certain players. Now I've been the star spot. It's a I wasn't I didn't come up in the star spot as you well know. 
So it's just kind of like, for me, it was just like one of those scenes where I just kind of looked around. It was nice, don't get me wrong. But at the same time, for me, it was just kind of one of those, I just felt more responsibility with it. That's just the way I took it. I wasn't necessarily looking for the perks. You know, respect what I do, appreciate for what I do, but I'm not necessarily going to try to like abuse this as I felt like, you know, what James Harden would d- did in Houston. I mean, think about it. It got so bad, all the coddling, all the, you know, massaging, whatever you want to call it, that when Maury left, what was the first thing James Harden tried to do? Demand a trade. Exactly. Maury came to Philly, and what was the first place Harden tried to go? Philly. Exactly. Want that old thing back. And, and you know exactly why he wanted to go there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as much as I criticize LeBron, criticize, critique, whatever you want to call it, when I, you know, when it comes to his, you know, winning drive, you know, I'll never put him in the same category as James Harden. Like I said, it's two separate things. I truly believe that James Harden isn't bothered by not winning. Pardon me. Talk's a great game. Talk's a mm-hmm. great game. But I just think it's all for show. I mean, he held Houston hostage. He came back. You know, clearly not in shape at the beginning of the season. Yep. He's trying to force his way out. Heads over to Brooklyn. Didn't get to Philly. When he gets over to Brooklyn, we all know the dumpster fire that was. We called that from the start, but y'all didn't want to listen. <laughs> but anyway, after that goes down, he wants his way out and was finally got to Philadelphia. And this, like we said, when he got to Philly, well, I know for myself, I think you, you know, kind of backed me up on it. Whoever thought Philly was a title contender with James Harden got there, I'm sorry, you need to have your head examined. Because like I said, they were TAF, T-H-A-F, top heavy as, forget the last word, and I'm not going to say it. But it was just like the writing was on the wall. Yeah. I was like, but this dude was clearly just here. He signed the extension. And like in, in, over in China, he said, oh, Daryl Moore is a liar. So let me get to this point. Who's, whose side should I start on first? I'll start with Daryl Moore's side before I get to James. Obviously, Daryl Morey has to take a lot of accountability. You created this monster. Sure you did. know what you did with this man over in Houston. Now, we don't know for sure exactly what were the intricacies, the ins and outs of what was discussed between them, especially once he got to Philly as in terms of what was going to happen, you know, after the season in terms of, like, extensions. But he had to realize that whatever he did or whatever it was that he – allegedly promised James, James Harden was going to come to collect. Yes, he was. Now, here's the thing where I side with Daryl Morey. Now, clearly you had a lot of faith in this cat, or you wouldn't have done what you did did when he was back in Houston. And to their credit, no, what, they made, what, two Western Conference Finals or just one? They made two. Was it two? They made two Western Conference Finals. No, unfortunately, they, no, they came up short in those two those two instances. And I'm sure as much as he likes James and whatever he may have said to him in terms of you know, what was promised, Daryl Morey has a job too. And, and, as much, and I'm sure it's like as much, he, he might like James so much that it's, it's almost like having a friend that you like so much that you can't really just be have those moments where you just have to be honest with him. Yep. Like you have those tough conversations. You know, if I'm Daryl Morey, it's just like, look, James, you know, I got nothing but love for you, man. And I know this is the money you want, but bro, what am I going to get a title? Like, like I've been taking care of you. You know, I've, I've been holding my end of the bag. You, I'm giving you this money. I'm looking for a trophy. 
You haven't even got me to the finals yet. Yeah. You got to get me close. You got to get me to a conference final. Get me to a conference finals. Well, I mean, at least not Philly. I mean, not Philly. Houston, but, bro, I brought you here because I thought we were going to make that next step. And now you want me to just keep on giving you something? I get nothing in return. And we've had, we had those conversations on, you know, on the show and off the air. You know how I feel about that. Mm-hmm. You know, those conversations are one-sided. But like I said, but Maury has to take responsibility for this. Because, again, you created this monster. So, on that regard, it's just like, well, yeah, you no know, Harden calling you out in China. No, China. Calling you a liar and saying I could never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. Hey, that, that's not, this goes to the old adage saying, man, relationships are work. We're both married. It doesn't matter if it's a marriage. You and I have been you no know, brothers for 30 years now. <laughs> it takes work. Yep. Work relationships. It doesn't just happen. And I said, there are going to be bumps in the road. And this is clearly a huge bump in the road. But I can't fault Maury for not giving Harden his bag because, like, for what? Especially at this stage of his career. I'm going to give you all this money and get what in return? What, just your appreciation that I gave you another bag? Right. And I'm just supposed to be okay with the fact that, what, we go to another semis? <laughs> like we did this year? Yeah, we were down 3-0. We almost came back. But we still lost. If anything, where was that in games one through three? Where you, I, he's hit or miss in the playoffs, man. He wants all this money for solid regular season stats and then for about two and a possible playoff games. I say he he's just content. He's one of those cats. I've played with cats like these. Cats who can sit up there and say, well, at least I got mine. Or at least I did just enough. You know, don't look at me. Mm-hmm. You know, don't blame me. It's like when I told you know players I used to coach, whether it been boys or girls, you know, don't be so quick to want that spotlight. Not with a dude like me, you know, a, a, a man who's been through the spotlight and more or less who's been out of spotlight. I've been on both sides, and the way I've always interpreted for the cats who get the spotlight, don't be the most expectations. Mm-hmm. You may not like you on the end of the bench. The, the expectations aren't so high. So when you're coming involved, then, hey, great. But you want to be the man, the woman, whatever, the star. And you don't meet expectations? What do you think is going to happen? Yep. And, and what do you think of uh, an employer? It doesn't have to be a professional sport. Any employer, what do you expect them to do? You come into the office, you know, looking for that raise. And they're sitting there looking like, bro, like, your production is falling. They're going to look at that production. I mean, we, I mean, you you did your thing when you, we you know we put you up in that corner office, but it seems like you you don't got comfortable. <laughs> you put your feet up on the desk. You know, you you, you take a lot lot longer lunch breaks these days. <laughs> kind of remember that movie Strictly Business? Yeah, Tommy Davidson. You know when they try to screw him over, and he, they thought they got away with it, so he walked out. And they, they thought they had it made. They took that longer lunch break, and they got caught when they came back. No, that's kind of like, you know, I feel like what James Harden's in right now. But now let me go to James Harden's side. You know, from the Hooper perspective, I can relate more to this. It reminds me a lot of what I went through in the team that basically had the most impact on my professional career and me ended up not playing as long as I did. And you know you know this. Mm-hmm. When I played with the Alley Cats, I started off and they told me I was going to be none but a practice player. That's all I was told. And in the beginning, that was cool with me. 
fine. I was just trying to get my foot in the door. So obviously, as the season progresses, you know, I'm competitive. You know that. Yep. So I'm doing my work, doing my work. You know, just like any opportunity that came, I try to grab it. I did that to the point where, you know, and outside of just like <laughs> expressing my own grievances, just ask for a shot to go ahead and finally get ahead and start. Long story short, I went from being a practice player to a starter. Now we make it to the playoffs and we end up losing. The coaches I had, you know, <laughs> the head coach was cool, but his assistant was some bums. But the bottom line is that they, they dropped the ball. Long story short, we lose in the playoffs. I'm back in my hotel room. And the owner of the team comes up to, to my room, literally knocks on my door, walks in, talking about everything. Like, man, I can't believe they didn't put you back in the game. They should have put you back in. Man, we would have won. They put you back in the game. Blah, blah. He's like, man, you did such, you know, such great work this year. You know, you went from a practice player. You became a starter. We kept balling. I got you next year. I'm probably you know more money. You'll come back next year and start again. We'll come get the championship. All this stuff. Everything. There was only one other person in that room. You know what they were. I'm not even necessarily going to mention them, but there was only one other person in that room besides me and the owner. So when he left, I'm feeling good going into next season. Now, certain changes ended up coming on. And like I said, then we ended up getting a new coach and everything else like that. But the biggest thing was I'm sitting there thinking, like, okay, I should be straight because the owner gave me his word. And when things started, no, not no playing out the way I was told or expected, just like James Harden. I'm looking at the owner like, yo, you came to me not even a couple months ago saying that we're going to get a new contract going and everything. And he's sitting there looking at me and said, no, I didn't. When did I say that? And in that regard, I'm with James. Mm-hmm. It's kind of it's like, <laughs> and I say, and that's a, it's, it's definitely bad when you have a real relationship. I didn't have a real relationship with them. So I mean, I shouldn't have been that surprised. Yeah. That they would, but with James Harden, I said, I bet that's probably sticking his crawl with Daryl Morey. I said, we don't know what was said. That's between those two. And the fact that the NBA is getting involved and they're investigating them, look, I mean, they're going to do whatever it is they got to do. But at the end of the day, this is between Daryl Morey and James Harden. James has every right to feel the way he does. Obviously, he wanted to trade the Clippers, but Clippers said, "Look, man, you y'all asking for way too much." And Daryl Morey is, is, is he? I don't want to call him an idiot, but he's clearly delusional. At this stage, it'd be different if you, if you had Houston James Harden. Right. But you know, how could you possibly be asking the things that you're asking for at this stage for James Harden? Yeah. Especially when the skeleton report is out on this cat. Right. And, and like everybody knows, like, look, no matter, no matter, and sometimes it's just people in general, sometimes a hard head makes for a soft behind. Daryl Moore just has to accept the fact, one way or the other, because I, <laughs> this is why I told you I feel bad for Joel Embiid. If I was Joel, I would, I would do James Harden just like I did he did with Ben Simmons. And you have no reason to sit here and try to coddle this cat for what? You already know he wants out. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to beg you to stay. If you want out, if he wants out, let him be out. And I think that's the, the mindset that Daryl Morey ha- Morley has to start taking. Like, look, bro, you ought to just you know count your losses <laughs> like like some relationships go. You know, hey, it's great for a while, but when those when the, when adversity comes, you see what how that relationship ends up turning out in the end. And right now, it just seems like the honeymoon phase is clearly over. Yeah, it seems like this, this relationship has run its course. And like Daryl looks like, hey, you you gonna be paying a little alimony, whatever? 
you know, James Harden may walk away with the house. However you want to call this separation to be. But James clearly doesn't want to be there. And if, and if anything else, I would think James, if you're smart, you almost have to take the blueprint from Kyrie Irving. Yeah, you don't want to be there, but don't just be a fool and not do anything. Don't come back like you did in Houston, all out of shape. Yeah. Go ahead. You no, know, put your you no, know, put your game face on, get your numbers, do what you can until they get you out of there. And at the end of the day, you know, <laughs> y'all see each other in the hallway. You, you only have to acknowledge each other. You can just keep up, just walk on by. Hey, I've I've done that with a couple, you know, women I used to date, whatever you want to call it. See them in public. We don't have to acknowledge each other. I saw I saw you saw me. Just walk on by, keep on going. But this, this clearly, clearly is just is the end of the road of the more rehardened relationship. Yeah. And uh we mentioned this last week. I feel so bad for Joel. Um, like I don't know what Maury promised Harden, but if I'm Joel, I'm like, if he is going to renege on a promise to his boy, what is he going to do to me? Like, you got to roll. Like, I'm not like, I would give this until all-star break to shake out or maybe I don't need all-star break. I don't know if, uh, yeah. I would give this maybe to December to see if they're able to, you know, to resolve this issue. If you get some pieces for James Harden where you could still be a title contender because they, they put a lot, you know what I mean? Like they could have traded Ben Simmons somewhere to get something better than James Harden um, Mm -hmm. that you could have used for the future. Even if it was just role players to add to your depth. So if he just, they trade him for some bums. Joel Embiid comes out the loser. I mean, Daryl Morey right now, obviously, to me, is, you know, working for his job right now. Oh, yeah. And losing James Harden isn't going to make the situation any easier. And like I said, Joel, I believe, you know, he's a competitor. I always go back to that game when they lost to Toronto. That was a tough series to lose. But again, here we go again. Daryl Morey, you're the one that let Jimmy Butler walk away. This is not a knock knock against Tobias Harris. But I'm sitting there saying, like, bruh. I clearly saw that Jimmy Butler was the winning bet. And for some reason, I don't know who you were listening to, to go with Tobias. And if and like, you didn't necessarily consult with your franchise player about who he wants. Right. But I, I guarantee this man would have said, you better keep Jimmy. And I said, there's no disrespect to Tobias, but it's called spade is spade. Like Tobias is a, he is a solid player. Um, he is a a I think he is a on a championship level team. If you could get a Tobias Harris, that will put you over the top. What? But I mean, but Daryl Morey right now is basically working to keep his job. Yeah. There is no way. I mean, well, this is going to talk about James Harden is going to leave. It's just a matter of when. It's just when. Yeah. You know, I mean, if it ends up still being the Clippers, which God <laughs> Man, my man, Russell, he can't, he can't win for losing. But wherever James go, it's just a matter of when. He's not staying. I mean, after you put all this out, it's just like, it's like, you no know, talking bad about your ex. Like, is there any chance of us ever, ever getting back together? So there's just certain things you can say that you just can't come back from. Mm-hmm. It's over. Yeah, like I said, sometimes you, sometimes you just put it out there to make, to make sure they get to the point. Like, yo, we're through. No, blah, 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 blah. Like, layman's term, we're done. There's there's no comeback from this. I want to make sure you get the message. <laughs> and Maury over here trying to go to couples counseling. Like, it ain't going to work. Like, like just, just sign the papers. Like, 
Like right now, right now, y'all just living in the same, y'all living in the same room, but y'all don't y'all ain't together. Y'all just there. And, and once again, I, I've been in situations like that too, to the point where like look, I I till I find something, like, no, that's enough. I gotta get out of here. Yeah. And there ain't, there ain't nothing worse than just you no know, being somewhere and you find yourself like oh, you're just there. That's all. You're just there. You're just there with somebody else. And you know, y'all, y'all trying, pretending, whatever it is you want to call it that you're doing. But the fact of the matter, it's not real. It's no longer what it was. It's just time to go. Yeah. And, and that's what it is. And Maury just has to be ready. And I and I think for me at this point, this is gonna be a huge black eye to me on Maury because I can't see any other franchise jumping or chomping at the bit to bring him in. Especially after you see how he you know he does business. Not not a top level one anyway. He may yeah, be able so, to like you know do yeah, I mean, something in like Washington. You know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, barring I mean, because obviously you know a lot of this almost everything is about connections. So I mean, unless he has connections, but even even then, I mean, right now this is focused on Philly, but I can't see him going anywhere else anytime soon. And somebody trying to sit here and say, well, he's a you know a great executive to have. I mean, Harden made him made him look real good in Houston. Mm-hmm. You know, but it almost seemed like that's where, you know, Maury was placing all his chips. Like, yeah, he tried to hold out with Ben Simmons, but, I mean, hell, we all saw the right on the wall with Ben Simmons. Yeah, this guy would know what, so what are you waiting for? And like you said, of all the moves you could have made, you, you know, you went back to you, you went back to the well. You, you, had, you had to go back to your boy. You know, but here, here we are. And I say, and Maury, when it's all said and done, when James leaves, and and I truly, truly believe Joel should just go ahead and chalk it up and just leave, just leave, man. And I love yeah. Tyrus Max. I do. I I think they need to get that kid more, you know, like more responsibility. Let him shine more alongside Joel. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Tyrus might be the only reason that they can even hold on to Joel and B. Yeah, he might be the he might be the last straw, even after James is gone. But I mean, no. <laughs> Bar, barring a miracle, I think we, this it wouldn't surprise me if this ends up being Maury's last season in Philly. Yeah, that's, I mean, because when you think about it, pans out. Is he really a good GM? Like that's what I'm saying. I mean, you you struck you struck lightning in a bottle with James Harden. With James Harden, you like you put you gambled and it paid off. Absolutely. But what yeah. have you done since then? Well, <laughs> and that's and that's what I'm saying. I said, I mean that that one season was it one or two seasons? It was one, like like one and a half seasons. Yeah, where he and Harden were not together. But that's when we were dealing with the whole Ben Simmons thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm not necessarily putting it on Daryl Morey because obviously they were there before Morey was there. So obviously Morey is trying to put something together. But uh, but of course here we go again. No, he's playing the game because he's trying to bring his boy in. Yeah, like you got to know when you got a mess, you got to clean it up. Like when you get a team. There are pieces that you got to move immediately. You knew Ben Simmons wasn't working. Why? De- why delay so long? That's it. I mean, I'm all for having faith in somebody, but hey, I got spread it out, man. You got spread the wealth. You got to prove you. You got to prove you good. Like you struck lightning years ago. Like mm-hmm. eventually, you got to do something else, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. So again, that's what I'm saying. Once James, once James is gone. You no, know, even if they do keep uh, you no know, Joel for like another season or two, you know, really, I, I wouldn't necessarily have any faith if I'm the owner of the uh, Philadelphia Center Sixers. Keep keep Daryl Moore for what? Right. He got to get yeah. yeah he got to turn James Harden into something, I and it can't be draft picks. 
Yeah, I'm saying, and again, but even even if they end up bringing in like other pieces, it's not going to be an equal trade, no matter what. No, it's not going to be equal. And the fact of the matter is that no matter how many games they get out, you know, James Harden, put it this way, I'll be shocked. I'll I'll be shocked if James Harden plays the full season. I'm talking about regular and playoffs. I don't care about the damn in, in tournament season. I don't care. I'm talking about regular season and playoffs if James Harden made it all the way through a Philly. Because then, cause then, to me, in that situation, in that particular situation, that would be the Maury's favor. Mm-hmm. Because regardless of the personal feelings of how Harden feels about Philly and everything else like that, and I'm again, I'm, we all assume that it's going to happen, Harden's going to leave, I'm just saying, but if it didn't, and I still would think that, barring health, Philly should at least still make the playoffs and not a title contender in my eyes. Yeah. But if Harden makes it to the playoffs with Philly, and he doesn't produce again? Oh, that can't be on Daryl Moore. At that point, it's just like, well, regardless of what he said to you, Chief, you don't deserve the bag you're trying to look for, but you still don't. Yeah, you let you let the league in the sense, but the kind of money he's trying to get, like at this point in his career, nah. Nah, nah. Maybe, maybe if y'all made the Eastern Conference Finals, definitely you made the finals all they gave him the bag. But to go out in the semis, the way they did, nah. Yeah, the way he ain't show up. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not giving you the kind of extension he's looking for. There's no way. No, 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 no. That's a yeah. again. I mean, but <laughs> that's James Harden, though. I mean, that, I, an all-time great player, top seventy-five. Hey, I thought that was well deserved. But I said, but he, to me, again, he's he's more about the bag. He's more about that. You no, know, he's more about the lifestyle on, off the court than more about again all the indiv- individual ch- achievements he's had. Great, but like, but pursuing that ring, I just don't. I honestly don't think this dude cares. I said, if he goes to the Clippers, uh, I, I just hope Russ puts him in his place. This ain't Houston. Like, nah, bro, you better come here. You better bring. I don't think Ty Lue would let him do that. So uh, we gonna take this back to the OKC day. You, you about to? I need you to have that uh, six man of the year James Harden mentality over here, Chief. Uh, we ain't, we ain't doing it here. Daryl ain't gonna be here to coddle you here. Yeah, so you bring it. Like Ty Lue, Ty Lue played with Kobe. <laughs> like he know. You know how they're supposed to do. What's that, man? Well, we shall see. We we shall see. I don't know what the NBA expects to find. But I think they're trying to find out what this deal was. What what is Daryl Morey lying about? That's what I think the NBA is looking for. Well, I mean, here's a uh, article uh, from Adrian Wojnarowski and Ramona Shelburne. Shout out to them. An the excerpt saying. You know, Harden has privately indicated that his public comments calling Maury a liar on, on that Monday morning only being a response to Maury ending trade discussions with an expectation that Harden would start the season with the Sixers, sources say. Neither the Sixers nor Harden would be in violation of any league guidelines should that be communicated to league officials. So, again, so, I mean, if, that, if that's all basically boiled down to, it, let's say if he was just, again, airing out his grievances because of what Maury did. He just wanted to tell somebody, hey, I mean, to me, it shouldn't be nothing more than that. Again, mm-hmm. we don't know what was said in that room. And I said, in situations like those, it's like with mine. You know, Harder can say one thing and Daryl Moore could be like, no, well, what, what I said was blah, 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 blah. It's two sides of every story. But either way, I said, this this romance has <laughs> it's, it's a bad romance like Lady Gaga. <laughs> uh, it's time to break up.
Oh, man. But let's move on and talk about USA basketball. They had a game today against Germany. It was I, – I saw the second quarter on. Um, USA, I think, was kind of leading early. But really, in that second half, really like that third quarter, Germany started pulling away and it eventually ended up with a 16-point lead. And at that point, my man Anthony Edwards said, like, not on my watch. Y'all ain't putting this on me. And just decided to just go all in. And him, in my opinion, him, Halliburton, and Austin Reeves. And it was great defense by um, Jaron Jackson, too. He he brung it. Um, he had, like, this one block on uh, Dennis Schroeder that was spectacular. I was like, man, like, that's why he is a defensive player of the year. But they were able to finish the comeback, end up winning by, like, about nine. I think, yeah, eight, nine, nine, yeah. Nine. Yeah, eight or nine, so, yeah. It was a, a great comeback. It was a very entertaining game. Did you uh, catch any of it, or what were your thoughts about it? No, I didn't get a chance to catch any of the game. Again, I just caught the uh, article after it. Uh, we were talking before we came on to the podcast. I didn't realize they were down 16 in the second half. I was like, damn, the Germany? Germany. But uh, I forget who said it, that Germany is better than advertised. They said Germany wasn't as good well, they're, as... They're a, they're, a, they're a metal contender. Yeah. You know, I, I, I you know yeah I just don't really know enough about them. I, I'm familiar with you know some of the players on there because they're in the league. You know obviously like uh, Mo Wagner uh, and Dennis Schroeder. We were talking yeah. about and France. They got both. They got both Wagner. They got both Wagner boys, Franz right. and Mo. You know, so I was like, so I was like, you know, I'm familiar with them. But again, it, it just goes to show. And we were talking about before we came on. I, I'm loving the transition we're making away from. No, it's time for the new generation. Kind of like how we made the transition from the original dream team, you know, into the next iteration. You know, obviously Shaq and them came after that, but I'm talking like mm-hmm. the iteration to come, you know, the the Kobe, LeBron's. Oh, uh, the up. redeem team. Yeah, the redeem team. Like, you know, stuff like that. Like, it's, now we're getting ready for this next influx. And and as you mentioned, over Anthony Edwards, man, I mean, I, I love this kid's game. I just, I just love the way the kid competes. You know, I do. I, I, I you know, playing in Minnesota, even with the – the NBA league pass, you know, I'm, I'm a little, you know, skittish in terms of like watching it. it just depends on who they're playing. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But I mean, but in the times I've seen them play and like I said, the, the kid just goes out there. He's seen it. And when he, and when he talks to the press, you know, he says all the things I would like to hear. You know, I would, would expect of a player, you know, if he was a teammate of mine, if I was coaching him, that's what I'd want them to be like. And I remember when they were assembling this roster and, it, and the biggest thing was like, who's going to be, like uh, the guy, because you know, for a while, some people were thinking about my man from uh, with the Knicks now. Help me, what's his name? Oh, uh, Jalen Brunson. Yeah, Jalen Brunson being the guy. Mm-hmm. You know, for like a short time in those early stages, but I mean, when they mentioned him, I was like, oh no, it's like if if they get him to sign, it's like that's who should be the one. And clearly, after this, uh, you know, thirty-one point performance of what he did here in the exhibitions. I mean, he just put a stamp on. It. I mean, Kerr said it himself that you no, know, he's the guy. Yeah, like I said, he's he's the one that we are going to follow, and I respect that. I mean, the, the U.S. went five and zero. I'm I'm liking these new players. I think my biggest my biggest want as we get ahead into this new generation is that making sure that these new influx of players who are now going to take on the mantle of you know repping the U.S. whether it be in you know, FIBA or even the Olympics, whatever else like that, you know making sure that we hold on to the pride of who we are. 
Because I remember that. I mean, we, we both remember that short stint. A lot of people do. That short stint was like we were coming in third. You know, I, I, I was in Charleston, my former college coach. <laughs> he gave us his tickets basically because the U.S. didn't make it. Yeah. Oh, four. Yeah, we ended up going to watch. <laughs> it was Yugoslavia and somebody else. My, my former you know, roommate and his now wife and her roommate, we all dro- I drove to Indiana. We went to a walk, like watch the fifth place game. He just gave us a ticket. He didn't want to go watch them. He's like, we're here. You know, here we are. We were sitting in the box seats watching two teams that obviously we had no affiliation to. We just took because, hey, why not, right? Yeah. <laughs> we watched the FIBA games, you know, and sitting there, sitting there in the elevator where the fans were seven feet. I'm like, damn. <laughs> so, but I mean, it was cool. But I mean, we just need our U.S. team. We need these young bucks, man, to basically have that pride of repping the U.S. No, I, I think we're, we're past the point of calling us the dream team. I think the dream team moniker needs to go ahead and just be done. Yeah. Right. So right now we just need to go into be the US team. So I mean going undefeated in exhibitions was great. And if this is where we're going to be going moving forward, I'm all good with Anthony Edwards being the guy to you know help lead us moving forward. Mm-hmm. That's I, 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 I feel I truly feel comfortable with that. Obviously, you know, Kerr coaching the squad, I'm cool with that. Got no problem with that either. And like I said, our roster. It looks solid. I would say we just look. We just have a very solid team. They're very versatile. Um, yeah, I very, love the versatility. It's um, a very, very versatile. And let's say, and they seem for again, just based off what I've been reading, it just seems like you know, there's just like a there's a fluidity to them, and just like a a common respect amongst them, which is what you gotta have. Yeah, you know, it's not about getting yours and everything like that. It's just about going out there and competing. And I think that's why I, I like the most about you know them being out there. That everybody's everybody's going out there just to compete. Everybody's just going out there to compete. Yeah, yeah. But Anthony Edwards, man, I mean, <laughs> I truly believe, and we talked about this when we came on. It's safe to say that Minnesota is not Anthony Edwards' team. It is. He is. It, Minnesota should be is Anthony Edwards' team. If it's not. Like I said, Cat, you just need to go ahead and just take a backseat, Chief. It, you just need to go ahead and let, let, let Anthony take over. And <laughs> if anything else, just try to get with the ride. Like I said, because on paper, you would think, like I said, I would expect Minnesota to be better than a, you know, a playing team, even though they let the Lakers off the hook. They sure did. But they, they should be better than a playing team. And I said, and this kid just continuously keeps to get keeps getting better. Like I said, I'm I'm going to watch I'm going to watch them more, mainly because of him. And and then look and look to see you know what they do. You know, but I said, uh, but again, I said our our, our U.S. team they they did their thing they held it down over there in uh, Abu Dhabi, and I said, <laughs> even Austin Reeves got his got his game on. He was balling, man. Like defensively hitting. Hitting open jumpers. That's really all they needed him to do was like, yo, be a pest and hit the and hit your jumper when you open. And that's what he did. I feel like and I need to see more out of Brandon Ingram. Like you you like Brandon Ingram more than I do. Like I've always been kind of like, eh, I don't know about him. Like, I just don't feel like he has like the the want to. You know what I mean? Like he's talented. Like, mm-hmm. I see the talent, but I don't see the, all right, guys, we need a bucket. Let me go get that bucket. I don't see that. You know what I mean? Like, 
when in this even in this game when they were like he was on the court and he, he would get the ball and it's like you know to see the defense if you that dude you go get that bucket anthony edwards was like give me the ball i will right. get that bucket but brandon ingram was like uh, uh, who should i pass it to like it was like you know what i mean like what are you doing man like you're supposed to be one of them dudes too like when they right. put this team together it was supposed to be kind of like you and ant were gonna be the guys getting the buckets but you ain't over there getting the buckets man like you know, I, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think sometimes in certain cases, Brandon is still finding himself. Yeah, he's young. I think the best the best thing that ever happened was getting traded away from the Lakers. I agree. I really do. I mean, it's almost like you know, kind of forcing him to swim. It's like you yeah. want to keep him in the pool, like you're forcing him to swim. Now you got tread water on your own. You no, know, because I mean, I can only imagine. I have no doubt. If he'd have stayed in LA with LeBron, he could have had success there too. He could have talented. Exactly. But I mean, but also at the same time, you have the benefit of playing alongside LeBron James. Mm-hmm. That that does a lot for you. And you know, it helps make the game a lot easier. But again, it goes back to that responsibility thing, like you're talking about in this particular situation with the uh, US team. You know, there is a lot more responsibility. Now we all recognize it and being the guy, but obviously you can't do it alone. So I need to know who else I can get the ball to, right? Mm-hmm. Like the expectation is that it should be you no know, Brandon Ingram. So I think if anything else, let's say it's it's all about gelling. Then I said this is all no, this is all exhibition game. It's, yeah, all and, exhibition. They're and, new and playing all, together. And I said and that's all it's about. It's about you know again finding finding your feeling, find your feel for each other. Like seeing find out how each other plays. You know, obviously we play against each other in the NBA season, but that's a whole different you know ball game. We all got to come together now. Mm-hmm. I might have done a scout report on you, but now I got to get used to playing with you. You know, and I think you know it, it's really going to be interesting for Brandon because. You know, back of the NBA side, you know, the Pelicans, for example. The Pelicans, on paper, is another squad. Just like, Playoff. you know, Minnesota with Anthony. You think that they should be making some noise. Now, we all know the situation with Zion and everything else like that. But, I mean, but on paper, you have uh, McCollum. You have Ingram. And imagine if Zion actually came back and could play. Oh, that team should be by all means nasty. I mean, they were what second or third in the West until like Zion uh, went down. Yeah, I mean for for a while, let's say again, it's just it's almost like you no, know, they were just teasing. It was like a, a tease. Yeah, but like I said, but just like with Ant in Minnesota and Brandon in uh, New Orleans, on the NBA side of things, it just made it just you no know, reminded me of. How I need to slow down in terms of like so quick to crown Memphis, for example, next. You know, I was like, I mean, there's there's, there's so many different different storylines for all these different teams and these individual players that again it, it can go into so many directions. It's, it's just going to be very interesting, you know, very interesting to uh, to see. But like I said, but uh, you know what they head over to. They leave Monday for the Manila Philippines and the World Cup, where they open up Saturday against New Zealand. Now, honestly, I don't know much about New Zealand, but again, here we go. I just expect them going to handle their business. Yeah. The only person from New Zealand that I know of is uh, Memphis. What's his name? Um, Center. I don't even know if he's on the team. Um, you about Stephen Adams? Yeah, he's from New Zealand. I, think. I, don't think, I don't think he's playing, but I don't think he's playing. So I have this. This they should they should run. They should run this squad over. Well, like I said because 
Let's say, we're not we're not the biggest team. No. No, they're fast, versatile, and athletic. But um, like I said they're they're not big. They're not necessarily big. Like obviously, they don't have a lot of guys in the anywhere like close built like me. But even let alone in height. I mean, because uh, so it said right here, uh, Germany, for example, Franz Wagner, six ten. He started a small forward. Yeah. But that's that's his position. That's that's right. that's his game. But but that's what I'm saying though. I mean, but you have Mo Wagner coming off the bench. He's six eleven. They had a seven footer at center. Johans Voitman, I hope I said that right. And uh, was that Daniel Dice? He's six eight. Yeah, you know, I mean, like, again, I said it, that's where I go back to that competing aspect. Like I said if they, the biggest thing I've gotten from them is that they will compete and fight, and I think that will take them a long way. Mm-hmm. Like said, even, even in that, with the lack of size, whether it be in you know physical stature or in height, I mean. The, the, the fact that we have that much fight and we are versatile, and obviously I, I think our athleticism is second to none, but that will to compete, I think that's going to be the deciding factor. Yeah, and I, I love this coaching staff. Like Steve Kerr, um, Tyrone Liu, uh, what's my man, Eric Spolstra. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like you got right there the three best coaches in the NBA right now um, outside of Pop. Yeah, so not Nate Popovich. Yeah, I don't even cow pop anymore. He's been kind of grandfathered in. He's just kind of, you know, he's in teacher mode. Um, but this is this is who you want to coach these dudes. Like people who can get a team to come together quick, who can fight. All their teams are usually scrappy. Um, yeah, like I I like this team better than the US team that was like last year where they kind of had like the last little stragglers on from the years yeah, past. Them, yeah, and Lillard and all that. Yeah. Like, let the young guns go. Like, build for the future. Uh, I know for me right now, uh, I'm sitting here trying to look. I think they, I know they leave for month, leave Monday for the uh, Philippines in the World Cup. I was trying to say I'm, they play in the morning. They play at like five thirty in the morning or something. Yeah, it'll be on tape delay. God, so that's, I'm just trying to see if I can find the. Let's uh, go. So yeah, so they play again on Saturday, five forty a.m. So I just need to. I'm assuming it's going to end up being on the, uh, I guess NBA TV or NBA the NBA uh, network. Yeah, NBA TV. Even though the game today was on Fox, I don't know who's gonna have. Yeah, I don't know who's gonna be showing these games. Like I was just flipping channels and I was like, oh, what? like what do we have here? Like who? I <laughs> said uh, so again. I mean, that's the only reason I hadn't watched because I, I know obviously we were playing earlier, but I just could never really. Yeah, I'm scheduled. I mean, I've been busy anyway, so it's just kind of like, all right, well, now that I have a little bit more time, I, at least I want to try to catch some of the games. So, I mean, I'll have to keep an eye out for that so I can know where to watch. Or how to watch the All right, here we go. So, when the tournament begins August 25th, six games will air on ESPN2, okay. including all three of Team USA's first round games. The other games from the World Cup will be, oh, hold on. am I. Is that just for soccer? Hold on. Okay, I don't have it for soccer, so I apologize. Yeah, I see here it's saying that uh, Fox Sports 1 carried the Basketball World Cup. Okay, maybe that's what it is. Yeah, because they have a deal. Fox uh, Sports has a deal with USA Basketball. Okay, that would explain why the The game was on Fox today. The multi-year broadcast agreement. And seven, uh, 
So Fox Sports will distribute the 2023 USA Basketball Showcase. Da, da, da. Yeah, so set August 25th to September 10th. All right. So now I know where to go. We're gonna go to Fox Sports. Yeah. yeah. I selfishly wish it was wish it was Turner. But you know, <laughs> but you know, they need a vacation too, I guess. You know, they deserve their time off. Whoever offers the best deal. Yeah. Like I'll be watching with college football right now, all these cats jumping from different conferences. Who's giving the best? Who's giving the best TV money? I mean, this completely off topic, but man, like conferences are done. They're done in college football. It's over. Like the I I saw that the amount of time it will take for um Oregon to play Rutgers since they're in the same con will be in the same conference is only 30 minutes more than it will take Boston College to play a game in London. Like, that is ridiculous, man. Like, that is ridiculous. Just go ahead and make the five conferences and just – I think it's going to end up killing college football, but that's just my own. Oh, not me. I think – I mean, they're going to do your – go and do your thing in the regular season. Obviously, you got to keep your, you know, SECs. You know, the SEC, the, the yeah. big conferences will stay, but there will be no no more smaller ones. But I always felt that college football was more regional than it was like national. You know, like oh man, like this is our region, this is our 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 game here, this is how we play here. But if you got like you know teams in in California coming to the Midwest, like this isn't regional. Well, like I say, I mean, I'm happy to see them go to twelve in the college football playoff. I think that's more than enough. I said it doesn't. It doesn't need to be like basketball. Yeah, 12, 12, I agree. I think it's the perfect number because obviously outside of, I mean, because this is football, not basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just think it's a, a little bit more black and white in terms of like discrepancies of talent in yeah. football rather than so in you know in basketball. You know, you can look up and have a team like uh, Princeton, <laughs> you know, <laughs> beating the number one seed in basketball. But I, I'd love to see Princeton go play Alabama in football. They will not allow that, man. Like <laughs> I would pay so much money for that. They would, they would hurt those young men. <laughs> like, I would, I would pay so much money for that. Oh, if Princeton ever played Alabama in football, uh, oh, the money I would pay. I don't even know if Nick Saban go put on his starters. Like the third string, the third string are all five star people, man. Like all them cats is just biding their time for the the seniors to graduate for them to play. Like right. you know what I'm saying? Like I mean, but I mean, bro, that's just kind of, that's just kind of my point again. Just that TV money. Spreading around and everything else like that. So hey, whoever offers the best deal. So hey, Fox, Fox got it. Fox got him this time. It's cool. I'm not gonna say I'm not the biggest Fox fan these these days, you know. But maybe, well, actually, let me watch my words. You know, FS1. I will please gladly take the, any opportunity you will, you will pass to me. I am ready. I'm just saying that some of your other, you know, subsidiaries I don't watch. Fox News I don't watch. FS1 I mess with you. I mess with, I mess with Fox Sports. Fox News not necessarily. Fox Sports all day. FS1. Yeah. Holla at me. Get at me. I love it. I love it. All right, man. Let's jump to our last topic and let's uh hop around the WNBA real quick. Um on Friday, I saw the fever play the Mystics, and I got to see Aaliyah Boston like in person. And man, like the Mystics, 
they're not a big team, man. So they were they were throwing everything they could at Aaliyah Boston. I mean, her and I forget the young lady's first name, but her last name is Smith. Um, anytime they would touch the ball in the post, they were sending two to three people immediately. It wasn't like, nah, we're going to wait for you to dribble and do your move. It's in the double. It was like, you catch the ball. We are swarming you immediately. And like a good chunk of the game, the fever were kind of, you know, had them. They were, you know, they either had a lead or the game was tied, but with most bad teams, and I've said it on here before because I have been a Bulls fan for so long, I know bad basketball. And I even told my wife, who was sitting next to me, I said, this is when they're about to lose. It was about five minutes left in the game. The game was tied. And sure enough, they had like three turnovers like in a row. And all of a sudden, the lead is like six with 40 seconds to go. And it's like, Okay, but then they inexplicably started hitting these crazy threes and got the lead like down to like four. And I'm like, man, they may have a chance if they can like keep throwing these crazy shots. But um, I love watching the league of Boston. And then, of course, man, like we're on Candace Watch 2023. Like, when like, is there any timetable that you've heard of for her return? I know you're being on the West Coast, you more, uh, you know, tapped into her come back than I am. All I, all I remember is that when they announced her being injured, it, they just said it was going to take some time. I mean, like I said, they didn't put any timetable on yeah, it. Yeah, I heard indefinite, which means yeah, that's, like, that's whenever not, he that's heated. I heard too. So it's just kind of like one of those things where I just kind of like throw your hands in there like, damn, that sucks. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, damn, that sucks. But, again, especially at this you know, moment in her career and stuff like that, you, you know, you want her to take all the time she needs. Again, mm-hmm. she plays for the Aces, and like I said, I, I knew it was a long shot about them going undefeated, but no, hey, I still picked them to win it all. But it won't be so easy. But uh, back to your uh, WNBA point, though, uh, about the fever. I was like, right now, I mean, they're last in the WNBA, but I mean, on a bright side, they're only five games back of that eight seed. Yeah. You know, they're only five games back. And we talked about this before we came on. Uh, no, I mentioned to you know Kelsey Mitchell, obviously an all star, along with Aaliyah Boston off the fever. And you know, I know her dad back from the Natty, you know, we just you know from coming up and playing around the city and stuff. And I helped him coach his boys when he was the head coach at uh Taft. Shout out to Big Mark. But um, I'll tell you, man, they got next, they, they, they're coming, they are, they just need time. And even if obviously they don't make it up into you know the AC or make the playoffs. Even if they just they're just kind of putting these pieces together through the draft, you know. Because I'm only assuming if they finish the season and last, obviously I put them at the highest chance for the lottery again. Yeah, you know. And it's like we all know who the next one's coming out <laughs> next year. Well, no, we I guess we don't really know. I mean, I mean it's got to be Caitlin has to be coming out. Caitlin Clark is probably. But what if Angel, what if Angel Reese comes out? Though? If Angel Reese comes out, will you pair Angel and Aaliyah Boston? That's what I'm saying. I said. If they, I said, I just need them to keep that court, you no, know, keep that core together. Keep, you no, know, keep Kelsey with Aaliyah. Uh, I said, I, I, no disrespect to those other ladies. I said, those, they're primary. To me, though, they are like the one two punch right there. But let me, let me pull their roster real quick. You know, you gotta keep Aaliyah, you gotta keep Kelsey. Uh, Cannon, I mean, she came off the bench. Emma Cannon, she came off the bench and dropped 17. Yeah, Emma, Emma guy game. Yeah, 
And I don't know if they still got my girl on that team. Aaliyah's teammate from uh, South Carolina. Is she still on there? No, I don't think I don't think they did cut her. But I mean, but they they have they have a solid squad. Let's say it's just gonna take some time. Allow them to build. No, as I said before, they had to get rid of the coach they had previously. You know, call what you want. Yes, I have a personal relationship with him, but I say I just know a punk coach when I know it, when I see one. I think everything they're doing right now is just rebuilding. The thing about I like about the uh, Fever right now, at least they they compete every game. They do. I said they, they come and compete, and that's and that's all you can really ask of, especially in in these you no, know, in these times of you no know, building a new culture, a new foundation in terms of this team, the you know, team and everything. I said so. Uh, obviously, Aliyah is the future. She's the franchise. But you keep that together, and they, like I said, if they end up going in towards the draft, you know, with a with a shot, excuse me, at the lottery. Yeah, I said, <laughs> I'm, I said I'm just thinking off the top of my head, but again, I mean, even if it was Caitlin or Angel, I mean, could you imagine either one of them two? That's trouble. Personally, myself, because I'm just I'm a post player. I'm biased. If they could get Reese on one block and the Lee on the on the other, because <laughs> you. How many, how many women have gone early into the draft? Has anybody ever left? I know somebody's left early. Diggins left early. She left yeah, after her junior year. So it's it's not uncommon anymore. Usually you you'll go three. Uh you may not go four. But you're not gonna no one's left after two, I don't think. Angel Reese is uh junior, right? She's about to be a junior. She's about to be a junior she, after she this year. She was, she was somewhere no. else and she Yeah. So after so this year, she'll be a junior after the season. Yeah. I predict if they go back to back, Angel Reese will leave. She's gone. I don't even even if they don't go back to back, I think she's probably gone. Well, here's, here's my question though. What about your girl from UConn? Paige, she just got cleared. She I know she just did. got cleared. So yeah, I think she's probably gone. But after I, this year. She, now see in her case, I think she has no choice. She she has to leave. Yeah. All them injuries she's had is I said it before. I was like, she's at a point now, it's like this. Either you retire. Or you go pro. Yeah. There is literally no point in you come back to UConn. God forbid she gets hurt again. Mm-hmm. But at this point, it's really like no point in you ever even coming back. If you don't get it done this time, sweetie, then just chalk up your, you know, sadly, you know, we can easily say injuries, you know. Derailed your career. And derailed yeah. your, you know, UConn legacy. Have a solid run. You know, but, you know, we, you just didn't necessarily get the opportunity to, you no, know, add your at your name up there with them all time greats. It's not my book. You you be really good, mm-hmm. and I'm not putting you up there with you no know, Sue Bird and Tarazi and Lobo and Maya and, and you know, I mean Stewie. Goes, you know, I mean the list goes so long, and that's as much respect UConn's gonna get from me. <laughs> <laughs> but as I'm just saying, though, so I mean, I'm just thinking about all the players that could possibly come out Indiana. Well, you got to keep an eye on them. But my Las Vegas Aces, man. I'm telling you, this New York Liberty, Las Vegas Aces, I, I'm ready to call it a rivalry right now. It's a I, rivalry. I think we're getting ready to see basically the WNBA version of Warriors Cleveland. Yeah. With, with the way things are looking. And <laughs> I mean, with the way things are, the playoffs start tomorrow, the only way they would meet would be in the finals. Mm-hmm. I mean, barring like some drastic. Somebody, somebody collapse. Yeah, I mean, because what Connecticut's three games behind New York for the two seed, and New York's behind Las Vegas for three games for the one seed. Mm-hmm. 
I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm not sure how many more games we got left here. It will take New York having a collapse to fall to like the three for them not to get to to stay at two. And I, what we got left like by what four or five? Well, they let's see right here. I'm looking at the schedule right now. So the last game of the regular season is September 10th. Yeah. So we are like roughly three, four weeks. So, I mean, I say again, barring, God forbid, any injuries or anything else like that, I don't expect to see too much change. I expect to see them both, both at one or two. Mm-hmm. No, that's it right now. Let's say if anything else, I think, well, especially for the Liberty, they definitely found their confidence. I mean, Sabrina Ionescu, you know I mean, balling. And I think, it, I hate to say it, but for like, like Asia had two really, really, you know, bad games. Yeah, bad games. I think Brianna kind of, you know, probably put her lot down to MVP this year. I think, I think Brianna Stewart's going to going to have it. Yeah. And that's fine. I think, you know, Asia's going to be like, okay, that's cool. Well, you got it. You got it. But I, I'm, 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 I'm telling you, I'm not sleeping on the aces. I, I want to see a series in the championship. And what they do, the best of five. Mm-hmm. I'm calling it right now. I think they'll. I think we'll go, go five. Go five. I got. I got Las Vegas winning in five. Like yeah, 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 yeah. The uh, Liberty won the Commissioners Cup. It's all good. That's cool. I said just like that. It's like that in season tournament in the NBA. Only reason I respect it more than WA. They said they did that on more or less. You no, know, soon they did first. So I respect them more for that. You know, but <laughs> but no, I said the, the WNBA trophy is going to be back to back for Las Vegas. I just hope Candace, you know, if she can. <laughs> make it back, make it back. But then she got to get back and then get herself in shape for it, man. Because yeah, it's, it's, it's a it's a long ass, but again, but this it's team, a it's, long ask. But but that's just how deep they are, though. I mean, they're, I mean, Kelsey Plum, Asia Wilson, uh, what's my girl Gray? Gray, Chelsea Gray. She is a. I love Chelsea Gray. She is... I mean, they're just oh. I mean, like I said, the Liberty. I mean, they're they're deep too. I mean, it, it's gonna be fun. Yeah. It's gonna be fun, and I said there's no disrespect to all the other WNBA teams. I mean, I, I mean that with the utmost respect. But I just think for me, like I said, coming into this season, I was like, man, it's, this is what we wanted. This is exactly it, what we it's, saw. It's Aces and Liberty, and like kind of everybody else. If anything else, I feel I, I'm just upset that Diana Taraz. I don't know if this is gonna be her last year. I'm just upset they're not at least in playoff contention. Yeah, considering the circumstances, obviously Brittany made her comeback from her situation. She's back. It's nice. It's great. I'm just no, I'm I'm just disappointed that again they're just not in contention though. Yeah, I would and love then, to see. I would love Rosie to see. isn't she's not playing every game because you know she's she's up there in age. But shout out to Diana Taurasi. We didn't mention this, but she eclipsed the the ten thousand point mark. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is like she's she's putting the record putting as much distance to the record as she possibly can. Exactly. I mean, some, somebody somebody had to be first. Oh, yeah. said, oh, somebody always has to be first. Yeah. And, it, and, and not to the rain on Diana's parade, but I mean, but think about it. I mean, think about all the greats that came before her. Mm-hmm. Or like, or who possibly could have did that? Had, you know, had it just been more time? I mean, you think about the start of the WNBA, you know, when the WNBA started, you know, mm-hmm. you like to see about my Houston Rockets, though. You know, Cynthia Cooper, Cheryl Swan. Cynthia Cooper. Uh you know, I mean, you know they were younger than broke ten thousand. Yeah, yeah. Maya I mean, Moore. Yeah, well, I mean, well, I mean, I don't throw Maya in there because we know why Maya stopped. Yeah. Oh, but I said Maya. She, was, she's somebody that could have could have eclipsed yeah. that. Yeah, I, I, Lisa I, I, Leslie. I mean, 
it was, it was more about but that was more about like that that generation is more about time is what I'm saying. It's just yeah. like the timing of it all. Yeah. Like imagine if they came straight from college. Oh if they came straight from college were able to just kind of play, but these women were already like either in their prime or like just past it, you know. That's what I'm saying. That's um, what I'm saying. Like, you know, let's like say you know when you know obviously when Diana came into the league, I mean she was already a monster. She just basically put her stamp down. Diana Tar- Tarazi, and I, I, did we ever do that? Did we ever do a topic about that about you know the female goat? No, I don't think so. I, I think one day we we need to really we should do that. I mean, because there's there are just so many names. You know, I think in basketball, at least for my money, and I'll let you speak for yourself. To me, I can I I, I basically go four no more than five when I talk about the goat. Yeah, I usually go five. I'm top five. Yeah, but but on the women's side, it's just like yo, it's hard. There are so many. I mean, I, there are so many names I can think of, and I think it's just the circumstances is what makes the conversation more intriguing. I mean, like imagine a prime Cheryl Miller had she played the WNBA, right? A prime? Right. Like, how many MVPs would she probably have won? Like. I feel like we don't put enough respect on her name. Like she's gotten lost um, in in this WNBA era. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like her I name mean, isn't it, isn't mentioned as one of the greats. It's easily to kind of take her for granted because you know in this generation you, you all you have to YouTube to see how great she was. Yeah, and it goes back to I think a a thing of appreciating appreciating the past and seeing where the game came from. Because obviously Cheryl Miller was well, you know, and the term as the term goes, you know, before her time. She was well, you know, before her time. I mean, Cheryl, Cheryl Miller, you no, know, USC Cheryl Miller could have played now. Right. Oh, I was like, I would have put her up against Asia. I would have put her up against Brianna, all of them. Like, yeah. And I think Cheryl was like, okay, let me throw my name in here in this hat on this MVP. Like, yeah, I, man. I think she would have gone to war a lot, a lot of them, a lot of them. Oh, but Diana, Diana is definitely in the GOAT conversation. I, I mean, and I think it's not even just about WNBA GOAT. I'm just talking about, like, women's basketball player GOAT. When you just look at her resume, again, I'm not the biggest UConn fan, but I give respect to where respect is due. Greatest backcourt in the history. It's, it's, I mean, even I, I only, I only I can, I, even I can argue that. Like, I can't argue that. Like, her and Sue, like, arguably the greatest point guard in, like, you know, women's basketball history. See, that's another one that could be in the GOAT conversation. That's what I'm she saying. Is. Also did was win. I mean, on every level. I mean, it's like, <laughs> I, was, I, I think it would just be fun. Because I was like, you know, if somebody sat there and asked, like, who's the greatest player ever come out of UConn? I mean, bro, that, that's a deep conversation. Like, uh, Yeah. But I mean, it's like, you got Sue. You got, well, I mean, I'm still throwing Swin in there. You got Diana. You got Maya. You got Brianna. Oh, help me. Thought some number other names. I mean, Rebecca was great. I Rebecca Lobo, but she was she was Rebecca Lobo was a monster in her yeah. time. I mean, Rebecca was first. Yeah, so I, said, I mean, the dynasty basically started on, on her foundation when she brought the first championship through. But I'm just saying, there, there's so many names you could throw in there in UConn, and it's just crazy. But in the far as like the female goat of basketball, man, five doesn't even seem to be enough. If you just truly go through all all the like generations, Nancy Lieberman, you know, if you do you do your research, I mean, hey, she was she played with the men, she balled out. That's how like she 
Nancy Lieberman is so good. She was playing with men in her fifties and who's still and getting buckets. And it like, didn't have to be because that's the thing. It didn't have to be the NBA. I mean, like you're talking about being well ahead of your time. I mean, Nancy Lieberman in the WNBA. <laughs> what? Oh, it would have been crazy. It would have been so crazy. But like I said, Las Vegas, New York. I mean, especially at this time. I mean, because I mean, all of them are pretty much young. Like Sabrina, she's younger than Brianna. Yeah. Asia, you know, Chelsea, uh, Chelsea Pong, Kelsey. I mean, all numbers. Mm. I said this this should easily be the WMA version of Cleveland War. Just be more entertaining, please. Yeah. <laughs> just be just be more entertaining. I hope it's more it's more I'm, hoping, uh, I'm thinking it may be more instead of like Cleveland Golden State, more of a Miami uh San Antonio. Where they kind of went back to, you know, back and forth. And those were those were entertaining. Yeah, to a point. I mean, well, could have, well, hold on. They only uh, played what twice, didn't they? Twice, but it was like wasn't the back to back years or? Yeah, well, yeah, one in San Antonio got one. Yeah, because well, again, I'll, I'll never forget that um, <laughs> when when they should when Tim Duncan should have been on the free throw line. He should have been. He should have been on the free throw line. Top pop should have had him in the game. <laughs> the game would have been over. <laughs> you know, but I said I just like again. I, I just think because. I just don't see nobody, no topping them anytime soon. For the next five years, it would not surprise me if we get at least four of them in a pair. That's why I said you no know, uh, Warriors and Cleveland. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just can't see it. I can't see nobody else like being there again. That's what I guess. I almost kind of hope it's, uh, dare I say, a a, a, a Celtics Laker type deal. Yeah. You know, even if it's they're not them facing head to head all the time, one of them are going to be there. You know, it could be. Lakers, Detroit, or Boston, Houston, or no, <laughs> or Boston, no, well, who else did Boston play in the finals? Was it just Houston? Yeah, it was just Houston. Yeah, just Houston. Boston, Houston, and then Boston, LA. I say, I, that's the kind of rivalry I want to see. And I said, because it's it's going to be something else. I said, shout out to you know, Brianna Stewart, go ahead and join the Liberty. And of course, shout out to the, my, my, well, my second favorite Tennessee ball, Candace Parker. Going over to the Las Vegas Aces. Tell you what I was like, like let Candace come back get healthy. I said, because if they if Candace isn't able to play in the playoffs, I think she'll give us one more year. Yeah, I agree. Even though I would I would love to see her and Tarazi go to the Hall of Fame at the same time. So I, I don't know if they if they talking about it, like, hey, let's uh let's let's get this, let's let's make this. One of the greatest classes of all time. I truly would like to see one day an all female class. Yeah, I would. I would. I would I mean, this is me personally, because <laughs> here we go again. So some of these inductees, not 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 this class, not this mm-hmm. past. Class. I'm just saying because we we covered this last week, but like some of these nominations, I just said I feel we're reaching. You know, and I feel like sometimes we just need to get, get the ladies their due. Yeah. You can't tell me there are like aren't other you know females, whether it be coaches, players, you know, contributors, whatever, that we can't put together all you know female women's class. You know, because I'm sorry, I mean you I'll say it again, you you got JJ Reddick on the ballot. Come on, man. 
<laughs> put that dude in the college hall of fame. I better not see him in the next I'll just I'll just give up. Yeah. I'll, I'll just give up. I think we're getting there because we're I think we're in the golden age of the WNBA basketball. We're like that that second crop, you know, after like, you know, Lisa Leslie and them, they're all starting to retire now. Like Sue Bird, Tarazi. What's her name? She retired last year with Sue Bird, Minnesota. Um Sylvia. Oh, uh, Fowler? Fowler? When that last name? Fowler? No, Fowles. Fowles. Sylvia Fowles. Fowles. Yeah. Sylvia Fowles. You know, we like that second group, you know, of like WNBA like names are starting to uh starting to retire, man. I'm just saying I think we need to start doing it like hockey did William Gretzky. I think there's a certain place you just don't have to read about. I said Maya Moore. Do we do we Yeah. So that's that's three. So like if Maya Moore, like I think it's the clock starts five years after you retire. Um, Maya Moore, Sue Bird, and Sylvia Fowles all retired last year. Mm-hmm. Um, even though Maya's been out, they may they may give her time she, served. She officially retired. You're right. She officially retired. They may yeah. give her time served, but she officially retired. So I don't know when the clock officially starts for her. Yeah. Um, but yeah. that's three right there. There are no, there are just no brainers. Certainly, there's just no brainers, man. Put put those ladies in. Let's just go ahead and celebrate them. Yeah, no, no brainers at all. Don't don't bring don't bring me JJ Reddick. Go ahead, put them three in and JJ Reddick make that dude happy. <laughs> no, we're not putting JJ Reddick in the Hall of Fame. I'll be so done. That was that was a joke. I'd be the, oh, I'm not joking. I'll be done. Like, come on, JJ. I mean, I respect what you did, but come on, man. Hey, man. JJ Reddick could feel there's no way in the world JJ Reddick could feel comfortable going into the Naismith Hall of Fame. As much yeah. as I thought about going, look, I belong well, I'm in my high our high school's Hall of Fame. I belong in my college's Hall of Fame, but that's it for me. There's no other Hall of Fame I belong in. I can accept that. <laughs> my high school, my college, that's it. And I would like to think, like, come on, JJ, you would honestly feel comfortable if somebody put you in the Naismith, like for what? Come right. on. He wouldn't be comfortable. Come on. I think I even think he's self-aware enough to turn it down. At least I will hope so. Yeah. I mean, I was like, it'd be different if there was no college hall of fame. Then I'd be like, okay, cool. All right, fine. Because you're telling me Nate Smith is for pro overseas coaches and college, fine. But it's a college hall of fame. Right. All day. All day. Say so put him in the no, the college hall of fame. You turn you'll put him in the Naismith too for what? Like the dude was an article. Like was mainly because college career. But it's a college hall of fame. Then put him in that college hall of fame. He ain't do enough in the pros. He ain't do enough in, really in college to go into like the the Naismith. Play that cat wrote that article, man. JJ bought him much. I tell you, they 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 kick it somewhere on on the campus in Bristol. Yeah, he, he liked JJ, and that's and that's just why he said it. It's just like not not with a straight face. You can't put JJ Reck in a Naismith Hall of Fame. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. It just don't. It don't make sense. Don't do that. Just, every time, every time I think they can't get lower, they do. They do. <laughs> hey man, is there anything else you want to add before we wrap this up? They put JJ in. Put me on. I'm fine. Find me a battle. Make, make my nomination. Put my name in. Hey man, JJ. Like I'm with it. I I I'll show some highlights from me hooping on the corner. 
Like, hey, man, can, can MJ induct me? Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm saying, like, come on, y'all. But no, that's, that's going to be it for me, man. I, I got nothing else to add on there. All right. Go ahead and drop your socials, man. Yes. I actually messed up on last week. Well, a technicality. So on the X, I am at the Mikadiva. That's T H E. M-C-G-O-D-I-V as in Victor A. And on threads, there's no D. It's just Mikadiva 44. So M-G-M-C-G-O-D-I-V as in Victor A. 44 at Mikadiva 44 on threads. Don't get me started on that, X. Man, it's Twitter. And it's it's, it's Twitter until the day I I, I leave it. Um it's like state is like crypto crypto.com. What are you doing? But uh, at JSUG, at J-A-Y-S-U-G-G. And until the next time, y'all, we out.